Women Make Waves is an NC Fit podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Women Make Waves podcast. Today, we have the lovely, beautiful, wonderful Jen Wiederstrom on the show. And I know I say this every week, but I absolutely loved today's episode. Have you ever wondered what goes on in the ladies' bathroom? Why we have to go off in groups of two, three, four? What's talked about? We go into that today. And believe it or not, it relates to confidence. It relates to releasing control. It relates to protecting your peace. So ladies, if you know the magic that goes on in the ladies' bathroom, you know that you're going to want to listen to this show. Gentlemen, if you've ever wondered what happens in the ladies' bathroom, you're about to find out. Okay, this intro is getting weird, but you'll get it when you listen to today's show. We've linked all the ways to get a hold of Jen in the show notes. So while you're there checking out the show notes, go ahead and head over, give the show a five-star rating and review. It allows us to have conversations like this, continue to have the world's most epic guests, and in turn, the world's most awesome listeners. We look forward to seeing your reviews come through and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Women Make Waves. We are here today with Jen Wiederstorm. Jen, thank you so much for being here. And we love kicking off these episodes by asking how you're making waves. And I am super excited for your answer. <laughs> oh man, the pressure. It's funny when, when, first of all, hi, thank you. Nice to see all your faces. Um, I had many things kind of bubble up, which was kind of a proud moment for me because at first I was panicked when Lindsay had called me to prep me for the call. She goes, well, how are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing anything with my life. And then um, it was it was exciting to, to kind of sit down and think through it. And there was a couple ways that really stood out to me. And I think that especially given the nature of this podcast, you know, coming out of the gates with um, – I feel like there's been this weird disconnect growing between women for a while. Like, and I don't know if it was through the generation of social media and this kind of scarcity of, oh, these are my followers. These are the people I'm going to talk to, this accumulation of likes. And, and I realized, you know, as time went on, I just felt more distance from women and women that I'd met that maybe only had 5,000 followers and like I was mentoring or helping them and just talking them through what they were going through, um, through their business or through their personal lives, just cause I'd been in the game longer. And then they, you know, through, you know, time, we had a million followers which surpassed me and then they, they don't return your texts anymore. And I'm like, wait, did I not, are we not in the tree of trust anymore? Are we, is that over because you have more followers than me? And I started to see this, oh, it wasn't about me. It was about this scarcity of like, no, I have to be here. I can't share my secrets. I can't, I don't want to collaborate with that person because if they see Jen, maybe she'll get my followers. And it was interesting as I started to think about this conversation with you gals today that, you know, I've, I've really only had men open doors for me. And, and I'm grateful for that. I know a lot of people have had unique experiences with men in their own careers and their own businesses. I mean, gosh, we've gone through so much in the last four years as a, as a culture, but I was like, man, I've had such great experiences with men that believed in me that opened doors from Adam Bornstein, Sean Perrine, Gunnar Peterson, all men that have been in the field decades before I were, what was in it. 
and believed in me and saw something special. And it's not like anything was given, but you know, sometimes all you do need is a door opening for you that gives you a, like the courage to believe in yourself. You're like, Oh my God, that person sees something special in me. And it starts to kind of spawn a self, a personal belief that there's more than you thought that was there in yourself. Um, and I think that what's cool is, and, and why I was excited to do this podcast was, you know, I feel like we are this generation right now of women that see that we can be these, the tip of the arrow for a lot of women coming, you know, whether, you know, I don't think this is age related just in any, in any capacity saying, let's come together, let's share stories, let's share resources, let's share uh, a camaraderie and excitement around what we're doing with our lives and, and kind of bring us towards the center again versus staying on all of our own separate islands, trying to work independently and, and like kind of like uh, hoarding our answers and our, and our, <laughs> you know what I mean? Our, our enthusiasm or our passions. I love that so much. And it's so true. We've noticed, especially since starting the podcast that there is such a hunger to commune, like to come together and to congregate and to talk and hold space for each other in a way that we really haven't given each other before. And it's really cool because we've had conversations kind of similar where other women have said um, more in like the competitive fitness space, like I wasn't comfortable training with women because it was like that scarcity mindset. And now we're, we're kind of, turning a corner, turning the page, and we're opening that space now for each other. What has been one of the biggest lessons that you've taken out of um, kind of like shifting that focus for yourself and that you hope to kind of pass on to people? Um, I'd have to say what I think I, I was surprised and excited by how subtle these doorways can be. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm in a, I'm a female CEO now and I'm going to hire only women for this job. And that's the way I'm going to open the door. It, 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 it's really not about that. It, it, it's about like the smallest conversations, um, taking time with someone has impacted my life more than anything. And I remember there's a great event called Summer Strong. It's every year. It's Sorenex uh, exercise equipment. We all fly in somehow, get to Lexington, South Carolina. And it was it was last year, and it, and, and it kind of happens every year a little bit. It's the one bathroom line that women don't wait in because there's so many men there. It's like 90% male. And there's a long line coming out of the men's bathroom during the breaks. And then the women are like, woohoo, we're in. And what was fun and what continues to happen is we have these little like bathroom talks. So you're washing your hands and you bump into somebody like, oh, great presentation or oh, great seeing you or you know Susie from this place. And, and then we just start congregating and then the room gets full, not because there's a line for the bathroom, but just because we're talking. And I mean, you have people that are interns or, or G, you know, GAs at colleges or you know, um, just people that are fitness enthusiasts that want to come and rub elbows with other people that are also enthusiastic about health and lifting, or maybe someone's been training to PR their deadlift at summer strong and you just start knocking elbows with these people and you're learning and they're listening. And then what's fun is when you start to have this really chill environment, again, very subtle, then these bigger questions come up. Were you scared to present like, how, you know, how, how is it that you became friends with so-and-so or when did it happen that you decided to change your career or, you know, when you did Biggest Loser, how did you know it was going to go well? 
And that's when you create that comfort and those subtleties. Again, that's my favorite word today. Obviously, I've said it nine times, but you realize, oh my goodness, like these are the ways you open doorways because it's not necessarily like I got you a job. I'm opening you a, a doorway within yourself, within your mindset and within your perspective. And so my very long-winded answer to that very beautiful question is that I think that by investing time and, and real attention, I think there's a lot of people that are pushing through meetings and calls and quick interactions, really take the time. If you're gonna do it, go all the way and invest in those people. And, I, and I'm an, I've found that that's all it really takes. It takes very little energy because I think when you're giving, you really are receiving. When I have opened up to give more, the way I have the reaction or the response months down the road of the girl saying, hey, that bathroom talk, affected me in x way and now i applied for z and now i'm doing you know a and it's it's just like ah that's what this is about there's such a, a strong narrative right of women who are in competition against each other that's been almost written for us and i feel like it's like once we get past or once we become a little bit more vulnerable with other women and exactly what you're saying that subtle little vulnerability opening doors is where the magic happens and the truth is there are things that women need to connect on. you you know you can't connect with men on it's it's a female female <laughs> thing <laughs> and i'm just wondering i guess my question for you is have you always been comfortable with that vulnerability and being able to open up like that or was that something that you had to kind of relearn and finding yourself i'm still learning i don't think i don't think there's a time where i'm like yep finally done with that insecurity i, I don't know that i you know it just goes um it's interesting i have found more comfort in myself which has paved the way for deeper and just more uh just more enjoyable connection uh i don't get me wrong if the, you know three of us went to go lift I'd probably have to squeak in there. Then like, yeah, I used to snatch like 200 pounds in college. I mean, like, you know, I'm not really doing it now. I haven't, I haven't been training, you know, you, you just, you kind of want to let people know, like, just find your footing. Like, listen, I legitimately lifted weights. I'm not now. Please don't judge me on today. Um, I love that you're all laughing so hard, you know, and so, and then maybe that's my ego. Maybe that's an insecurity of like, of letting you know, like with respect, I can show up. I'm not, you know, I'm not just an FDO for display only. I could at one point, you know, be athletic. Um, so I think that sneaks in sometimes. Um, but, but, but less and less, I, I, you know, I, I think that it was interesting. What, I don't know, maybe I might, maybe that's enough of an answer of that question. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be there. And I think it's just the shift of, I, I, I allow, I've actually made it more fun if I don't like strong women love strong women, first of all, and there's strength in listening and there's strength in letting other people lead. And man, you learn a lot about them when you let that happen. So for me, I'm almost like, I feel like a PI. I'm like, okay, let's see what you got. Like, so that's the way I've almost shifted out of my ego and into like curiosity. And I'm like, oh, this girl seems chick. This chick seems great. Let me let's see. Let's see how cool she is. You know, based on that. <laughs> it's so funny because, um, at least I'm not going to speak for everyone, but I was laughing because we laugh when it's true, right? And it's all of us together. We've probably had this experience of like, well, I used to be able to do that, so I could still hang. I promise. I promise. Yeah. And it's so funny because, really, and. 
we've talked about this in so many different places, but like, we're all just so worried about how we're going to be perceived by other people that we feel like we need to like make that excuse. Like, Hey, I could still hang. I promise. Meanwhile, everyone is still thinking the same thing about themselves. Mm -hmm. So I love that you like how you brought in being able to let go of your ego to replace it with curiosity. Yeah. Because that curiosity can be so empowering. Um, especially when you do pass the torch and you, and you give it to somebody else to say, Hey, you lead, like you take the lead on this. And that can be really tough for people to let go of the, like almost the need for control Control. in the situation. Like, especially if, especially if you feel like you are the one who has maybe more experience or is maybe more knowledgeable. So I'm just curious, like, how have you navigated that space of releasing the control? How has that gone in the past for you? And kind of what are you learning? You know, it's tricky. I don't think I'm, I'm, I, I'm definitely an oak tree. Like my best friend, Kelsey, she's a willow. You know, we have these balances in, our, in the people we surround ourselves with. And I think the more willows around me have given me the confidence to let go of some of that control. Part of its ego, part of its power. I love being strong. I love being a great leader. I love the way it feels when I have eyes on me and I'm impressing people or I'm helping open something for them or think a little bit differently. Um, but it's really not all about me. And as I, I, and I think that we, what we learn from a human perspective, you get to this point, you're like, ooh, I learned to get to here because someone allowed me to be in that position of leadership, even though I, I didn't necessarily feel ready for it. And you sink or swim. It's a great way to teach. It's a great way to coach. Like, oh, figure it out. Pick up the weight. Like, equate everything to working out, and you'll get through your emotional struggles in life, right? Like, I didn't start – if I was training – you know, I'll do for the first time. I wouldn't put a, a squat bar on her back with 225 pounds on it. I might just do a bar or no bar and let her take reps that way, you know, and, and you build up. And, I, and that's the way you've got to give those barbell opportunities to the people that are around you and, and see what they do. Um, I also think that it's kind of a it's important to lead with questions because there was it was actually ironically the same event, the Summer Strong. It's a great story. We, we as women either can get combative or weird against each other, or we can start to tell each other the same story that keeps us in that place. And, and it's like, prove I'm right, prove that I've been wronged here. And we were, there's always this big deadlift and squat competition. And I'm in there and things are getting going and I always help host it. And I'm like, why are there only dudes on the platform or no girls lifting today? And I'm looking and I see this little swarm of chicks like in the corner. And I walked over there and I go, girls, what are you doing over here? We got it. Like they were off in the corner where like where the backpacks were. And they go, oh, we're not allowed to lift on the platform. And I was like, like flames coming out of like, the flames were out of my ears. I was like, who, who said that to you? Point them out. And the girls were like, um, um, well, to who did, and they were pointing, like, who was the one that, who said we couldn't? And I go, no, who? And they're like, well, nobody said that we couldn't, but we, you know, obviously the guys won't let us on there. And I was like, pick up the bar. Let's walk on over. And they were like, oh, and so, but like, me, I could have jumped on that bandwagon and say, oh, those fucking assholes. Fine. We'll lift here. Let's get louder. Let's play our music. 
I'm like, oh, oh, guys, this is fine. This is silly. And I'm like, let me show you how easy this. I didn't, I didn't yell. I didn't. This. I'm like, we just picked up the barbell. I walked through. Brandon Lilly was there, like one of the strongest men ever in his time. I go, can we just pop in a barbell? He's like, oh, of course. And the girls are like, whoa, we can do that. But they had kept themselves in their story that we're not allowed there. And somebody had said, well, someone said that we couldn't, and it became true, and it wasn't. And not only was it not true, but the guys were like, well, we were wondering where you guys were. But, like, guys are guys, and they're lifting, and they're, like, growing, and they're, like, they're not, you know, not going to say, where's the girls' bar? Are you guys good? It's like, no, no, no. So it was, in a way, like, just asking questions around the circumstance, I think, allowed for other people to step and say, well, actually, no one said something. Like, that's scary to be in a group and say, well, no one told us no. Maybe this was a mistake here. And that in itself was a learning process. Absolutely. The power of groupthink is just insane. And especially when we pepper in these false narratives. Um, I know Bloom, LD, and I have talked about this a ton, how often we keep ourselves stuck because we believe so deeply. We have this false core belief that we're not X enough or Y enough or Z enough. And it keeps us, if you stay the same, you're going to stay the same. Yep. And how many studies there have been, we had, um, Juliet Sturette on the show. Uh, and she was, she's I'd marry her if Kelly wasn't always married to her. I'd be in line too. <laughs> um, and she was saying how, you know, and this is not to bash anyone, but men notoriously ask for more with less, you know, prereq knowledge and women always tend to play small. Don't ask for enough or leave something on the table. And so I, you know, your deadlift example was a great example, but are there areas in your life where you have piped up and asked for something that you knew was deserving or you've seen it from someone else or could inspire that in, in listeners? Man, you know, I, I'll tell you, fear is a tricky thing because you're talking about staying, you know, if you stay where you are, like there you are, you don't change, like you stay in that same spot forever. And I think it, it really comes down to fear. It's, it's, it, and it disguises itself as confusion or anger or boredom or disinterest. And you're reading it as something else when it's really just a resistance to change and a fear of what may or may not happen. What if I did ask what I was worth? You know, there's, there's this program I've been coaching on an open fit and great company, streaming, you know, streaming classes, on-demand stuff, all this great stuff that I've been doing. And when they first started talking to me about coaching for them, I was kind of like, I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. I want to work with beginners. This is the amount of money that I want. And I don't want to do it if any of those answers are no. <laughs> and I'm like, I basically want to be the modern day Richard Simmons. And it took some time to explain and you know it's hard to say like I'm gonna be great at this and then win someone over without any proof of concept like no one's really hitting that beginner category and so because it was in a risk in their mind they're like but you also want paid be paid X it's like that doesn't line up if we're taking the risk on you we want to pay you down here and it, it, it's I, the mindset I have lens is kind of I almost treat it like dating like I'm good I, I really like you but if you don't like me, you can just lose my number. I'm going to be okay. Yeah, walk, walk, walk. And so it was one of those things where I was like, I really wanted to do the project. But I also believed I brought a lot of value. 
and it was worth, I, I'll take the pressure, I'll take the paycheck and I'll take the pressure and I'll deliver. And lo and behold, like my program is crushing, it's helping so many people, but I had to not back down because here's the thing, what if I accepted less? less pressure, less output. Maybe my coaching would have been different. Maybe it would have been less inspired. I'm like, oh, they really take a risk on me. I'm not going to push as hard subconsciously. Our brains are very scary, right? And so I knew that the weight was on my shoulders to really do what hadn't been done before. And that's where it went. So to me, I think, I think the short answer is you have to be okay with saying no, because you say yes to yourself. And it's a cliche, but man, it's a good one. Yeah. I recently wrote about boundaries and how so many times we think about a boundary, keeping something negative out um, and instead reframing it as protecting your peace and keeping the good stuff in um, and not kind of blurring that line. And I think that that also goes so far and maybe you can tell us more about this beginners program because that is so much of what I see beginners in the gym struggle with is I need to do this before I can do this. And I'm protecting my peace in this way. And it's also out of this like fear of change. So mm-hmm. can you kind of dive into what it's been like working with beginner athletes? Cause I know we've all experienced it to a degree, but to have, that's my biggest fear to have an entire room of beginners. Like at least when I'm coaching a CrossFit class, I'm like, all right, I got my fire breathers in the corner. Like you guys are going to be good. I'll yeah. clean up some technique. I've got homegirl that cannot air squat. So you're going to take so much of my time from this group class. What has that been like for you and how are you kind of? Gosh, I mean, there's two pathways here. One is very emotional and one is very tactical. You know, you said something great. You're like, you know, how do I protect the peace? People that are beginning don't have a lot to protect yet. They don't know what they're fighting for. They don't really know that feeling. Sometimes I'll even lose track of my own, like, what am I doing this for? And it's a lot harder um, to, to climb than it is to stay at the top, you know, to say, oh, like, I, I, right now, like, let me set it different. Like, I love how I feel. I love where my body is at. I love that it's strong. I, I, and I, to give, to, to lose this would be painful for me emotionally, you know, we're more, this is psychology, right? We're, we're, lo- we're loss adverse culture. So that means that we're more likely to um, stick to something if we were to lose something than if we were to have to give you something. So if I promised Lindsay that I would give up beer for a whole year um, um, and if I did it, you would pay me a million dollars. Maybe I'll do it, but I'm like, I don't really need a million dollars. And I really like beer in a year's a long time. But if the deal was that I owed Lindsay a million dollars, if I didn't, if I, if I drank beer, I got to tell you what, that's a lot easier to keep. I'm like, I don't got a million dollars to give. So you're protecting that, that feeling or that money in that case in that scenario. So to me, it's like a lot of times with beginners, they don't know how we feel. They don't know what it feels like to put on, to get dressed for the gym and not be stuck in the sports bra or worse, getting it off when you're sweaty. You, they don't, you know, we don't know what it feels like to like, to just go out for like a date night. Like, I don't think twice. I slip my clothes on. I go out the door. Sometimes there's mascara on my eyes. Sometimes there's not. I don't even think freaking twice guys. And for them, it's such a different sequence of mental steps to get the courage to say, okay, I'm not happy with I am today, but I'm going to get there. And it takes time to get there when, if you're going to do it in a healthy way. And if we're not going to rebound to, you know, have a big bloat or weight gain post loss. And so 
systematically, emotionally speaking, I think a lot comes down to having the right kind of structure, pace, and frankly, support. I am here in my life and I've come as far as I have because of support. And that's why I know it's so critical for beginners. Um, it's it's kind of like whatever you're feeling is real. So just trust it, trust yourself. A lot of times like, well, I don't know. I don't know what a push-up is. It's like it's like it's like me trying to tell you what's happening on a spaceship. I'm like, I don't know. I I I, I, I couldn't possibly like. Where's the where's the seatbelt? That's about as much as I know that I need to buckle in. And we're asking them to have the same kind of awareness around the gym that they don't have. So it's like that's why that support and structure and helping them get build their own trust and system around um, whether it's you know if it's if it's the same warm up if it's the same movement standards you know especially you talked about in the gym you like i've got my fire breathers but then i've got my beginners like you just don't put them in compromising positions for a while you take their time you groove the pattern you start with an air squat then you start with an air squat to reach then you put a dumbbell in their hand then you do with maybe a thruster to a box there's there's always modifications i would modify to the cows come home because it, 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 what happens is they start to gain that physical literacy in the movement. They know where they are in space. They start to kind of dip and drive. And then one day it's like they, it clicks. And it's not just physical, but it is emotional. And then you, it's, it's almost like they're, they're, it's like the, the, the parent with the training wheels. And you're holding the back of the seat. And then this one day they just hit that stride and they, get, they can feel it themselves. And it takes, it takes a patient mind and I think it takes a giving heart and it's not for everybody. Um, but man, I love my A to B people. Like that's like my, my hope is I get them off the couch and send them to you, Lindsay, and let them do CrossFit with you. That's what I, that's, that's goals. Cause that's the other thing going back to scarcity. I can't keep everybody. You got to graduate from team gen. You got to keep going. And that, and that's the cool part. Cause now not only am I in their team, now Lindsay, you're on their team. And then maybe they met a friend in class and now that's part of their team. And that support circle is what will keep you going forever. I went on such a tangent. I shouldn't well, drink caffeinated coffee. Oh my God. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was so good. So a lot of what you have been talking about has kind of boiled down to confidence, right? And developing these small wins and consistently building on them to gain this confidence. And that I think is such a, an overlooked part of what we do in fitness, in um, nutrition. Like I, I have a nutrition business. So it's, it's all the same concept, right? It's like gaining these small wins and letting them compound to, to build that confidence. And it but comes what back your to confidence. Like what builds the confidence for you? This is a fun question. Well, I was going to ask you the same thing. Okay. So, okay. So for me, I think confidence comes down to like being very sound and trusting my own ability, but that came from practice, right? Like continuing to build small wins. Mm -hmm. So that is, for me, that's what confidence feels like. But I'm curious too, to know your answer because you come off as such a confident human like you talked about it before, like, you know, you're good if they take it or leave it. Yeah. So for people listening, you know, like, how did you build that? It's just, it's, I'm smiling so big because it's, you hit it on the head for me. It's like, <laughs> I'm almost 40 guys. It's like, this is a reps game. I, you said like, I, I, you've done the practice. It's competency. I just know, I know I can do it. I know I can have a bad breakup and live. I know I can have a bad day in life and be okay. I, I know that. And that's the only way you walk through to success is you've got to kind of take the reps of the hard stuff and you just know you're going to be okay. I don't have any doubt in myself. I don't, I don't, 
I, I, because it, it, and, and I think when the, when you, you hit these harder milestones at first, they feel like your life is ending. I've had thoughts of like suicide. I have had thoughts of like, my life is going nowhere. I should quit. I should just stop this crazy dream. And then you kind of come out of the fog and you're like, no, this is going okay. And then, and honestly, it's like, you just, it's which it's which voice you you want to listen to more and i think that that the the i've had a positive voice remain louder in my head because going back to the support that i've had in my life when i've wanted to stop to have a parent or a mentor and a friend be like you got to keep going you'll regret it if you don't keep going like and it's not about like it's not about pressure it's about that this is where you belong and i've had those love notes from people like i've had people in the line at starbucks like change my life it doesn't have to, you know, it's like crazy stuff. And so I think that it's getting competent because competency is what I think grows your confidence. That's, that's where it comes from. It's, it's like, I mean, when's the last time you guys thought about having to tie your shoe, right? You didn't even think twice about it, but when you were learning, I mean, if you can even remember when you were learning, think about all those things and that, and, and those are the reps that you do. And over and over and over where you're not even thinking again and health and wellness is no different. Same with the emotional mindset. I used to be a wreck. I used to crash diet. I used to binge eat. I used, I started like, like bulimia was like on my horizon. And I remember thinking, if I go down this road, I'm not going to be able to get back out. I know it. And so I had, I mean, part of my reps were practicing. If I binged, it was just practicing not throwing up. That was the practice. And it sounds kind of morbid, but it was like, Hey, I did it. I survived. I learned something today. I got curious about why this happened today. And then I applied it to tomorrow. And I'll never forget the first day that I stopped, I didn't throw up. I remember the first day where I stopped lying to people. I remember the first day, like it's vivid. And I remember cried. I'm like, I did it. I did it. I did it once. Now just do it again. And I, and I do think from a psychological perspective, people get angry at themselves. Like, oh my God, I did it. And I fell off the wagon. And where did it go? Where did that magic go? It's, it, it, life is more like Morse code. We're dots and dashes. We're not robotic. And we're meant to go through that, kind of undulate through those behaviors. Um, because it's, it's, just, it's just every time's a lesson and there's a trigger there. And I think if you're willing to look at yourself as like the source of just an abundance of information and all the insight you'll ever need to know about the world is all within you. And, and you're not judging yourself for it. That's the other key ingredient. You're just like, okay, I get it. That happened. Why did it happen? And when the moment you flip that, I think I think a lot of peace starts to come. That's the peace that Lindsay you talked about earlier, that peace from within that you want to protect. I so appreciate how much psychology you bring into this. Um, I am like a total psychology nerd outside of <laughs> outside of this. And I think that, you know, there it's so beautiful to share as vulnerably as you are because we see people who are at the top. We see people that, you know, are crushing social media or have a super, super successful program and all of these things. And we don't see the struggle of the climb, right? We see people's end result. And, you know, to go back to what you're saying at the beginning, it puts so many people in this scarcity mindset of, well, I can't share my secrets, right? Or we're going to be in competition or look at where they are. I'm not even close to there. I'm like this broken human and I can never get to that place. 
And so I think that we do a lot talking about, you know, when things get hard and building the confidence and building those reps and what do we do? But I kind of want to look at the other side of that pendulum and say, okay, once we have it, what do you do in the moments of confidence and the moments of abundance and the moments of it's going really well? Because I know that's like when I have sabotaged myself the most, it's almost like, Uh, Ooh, I don't deserve to be here. Or like, is this really what I want? And I'll like, and then that's where the crash diet happens. Or I'm like, I can take a couple rest days. Like my body's kind of beat up and I start the justifications. I start like the minimization of things. So what do you do when you're kind of on that up and up? Man, great question. It's almost like it's it's like the last few days of vacation, you know, you got to go home and you start to have that creep of like, oh, I have, you know, that negativity sink in. Uh, I will tell you, I wish I had an articulate answer for you. Um, and I and I don't I don't know what to chalk it up to other than I spent a lot of time alone this year as did a lot of the world. And something just clicked in me. I, I, and, I and I think it's Again, I equate a lot to movement. It's like almost like learning a snatch for the first time. And for anybody listening, a snatch is one of the most beautiful, graceful, complicated barbell movements that you'll ever attempt. It takes as much grace as it does power. And the moment you hit that snatch for the first time, it's like, it's just, it's like a cool, it's the coolest feeling ever. But you do about a thousand before that, that feel like just train wrecks. Um, and the I, sound. It, like, when you yeah. hear the sound of the bar in your hips, you're like, oh, I did it. Yeah, and, and, and that's the best way I can explain it to you, Lindsay. It's like, it just something happened. Like, this is the first time in my life where I feel like you, you, when you, my, the first words that bubbled up, like what happens when you're there, live it up, live it up. Because I, I think what I finally realized, and this is the freedom I gave myself. I was, I was drinking pretty heavily one day, <laughs> a lot of Chardonnay. And I was writing and I remember I was kind of having a down day and I kind of looked and I saw this patch of sun kind of outside and I, you know, it was like where there was a patch of sun, there was like a, like in this outdoor cat sleeping in the sun. And then as the sun moved, the cat got up and walked over and then reset, replanted in the, in the sunshine. And it hit me. It was like, you know, these sunny moments come and they go and we feel like um, we accept that I accept that I'm going to have a great time at this birthday dinner tonight and it's going to start and it's going to end and it's going to go and it's going to be great but when we're in those patches of darkness we just we feel like we're going to be there forever we can't imagine how we're going to get out of the rut the feeling the doubt and yet, if the, sun, if the sun's going to move, so will the shade. And I think when I finally released and knew that, when the, dark, that, that the dark tides are going to come and go, I accepted the fact even more deeply that so will the good times. And so I stopped white-knuckling both of them. I was like, so if it's good, take the good. When you're busy, crank the busy. If you're slow, stay slow right? Like let the water take you, let the current take you because where you are is where you need to be. And that feeling is what's created so much peace. And like I was saying, I think it's because I sat, I sat alone so much this year that I just had to be where I was. And I felt so like it was the most 
supported and fluid I've ever felt because I stopped that control factor that Bloom talked about in the beginning. It was just like, this is where it's going to be. So if like if it, instead of like, oh no, when is this going to go? I'm like, I got it. Let's hang on to the good and like rock it and play and be in it and like have a blast because it's like, you just don't know when it's going to go. And right now, like I've been kind of living it up. I've been, I mean, I could not be happier. It's been my happiest easily six months of my entire life. And I, and I, and all I did was let go, which is crazy for this crazy Virgo, but it's been awesome. Like it's been awesome. So I, I that's, it's not an, uh, an official answer, but letting go of both has just, has just opened up everything for me. One of the biggest things um, that my clients learn too is like releasing this expectation. And it's something that has been really powerful for me too. We just bought a farm and oh. first generation farmers have never raised livestock before in our lives. And one of the biggest things is, being able to let go of the expectation of what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to sound like and how the animals are supposed to be. Right. And we, and I love equating being on the farm to being with my clients and things that are going on in their lives, because it's like, what if you can release the expectation of how it's supposed to look to you and how it's supposed to feel and how it's supposed to be and how you're supposed to be because once you do you kind of open this new space for opportunity and it can be really hard coming from the space of like trying to control animals that have their own idea of where they want to be and what they want to do that's really it can be frustrating it can be really hard to do um have you I don't know if you have any practices that you do to practice letting go of that expectation or any journaling that you do, but I would be curious to know. Man, you know, I took myself on this trip a year ago, right before the pandemic, went to Telluride, brought my dog, paid like a million dollars for the week of the Airbnb. And I mean, I ruined the whole experience because I ha- I'm like, I'm going to be so inspired to write and finish my book. And I'm going to be so inspired to get out into the mountain air and I mean, I, I ruined a bowl of soup because I thought it was going to be a different way. I was like, ugh, I thought it was going to be like more this way. And I, 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 I so down, from down, down to the food I ate, I ruined my whole experience. And so ironically, that's where I start. Like I, people, I think, start way too big. Um, start with like, oh, I'm going to a new restaurant. I'm just going to kind of discover my way through the plates. I don't know what it's going to be like. Play with stuff like that. Play with conversations. I, I've, I've, I've had to have hard conversations with some family members lately. And I used to have like, okay, I know where it's going to go. I know I'm going to say this. I know my sister's going to do that. It could be anyway. It could go any direction. And, 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 and allowing it to have its own place or its own... Um, to let it build naturally, whether again, it was a bowl of soup or a conversation with my sister. That's where I've been practicing, practice in small ways. Workouts are another great way to practice. Uh, I, you know, not knowing how it's going to go or how I'll perform or how it's going to feel. Go see, you're going to learn so much by taking that should factor off, right? That expectation off. I mean, imagine what you're going to learn about your cows. 
You're like, oh my God, Nancy actually loves water, but George hates it. If I just, but like, if you're forcing George, you're like, God, he's just a grouch. Like talk about misinformation. Like George is not a grouch. He doesn't like water. By the way, I don't know if you have cows, but those are, that's, that's what happened in my, my mind. So I, I think that's, you're missing so much. You're missing 50% of the information that say at least by assuming it's going to be a way and you're just drilling this way. So you know, it's, to me, it's exciting. Again, and always go back whenever there's fear, whenever there's worry or that strain, have an open palm, let what's going to stay, stay. Think about holding a, a handful of sand. If you grab that sand, that's all going to fall out. But if you have an open palm, man, that, then we've got discovery. Then we've got curiosity and, and why things are happening. And, and then you get to open yourself in such a different way. Instead of having the reins, you get to be along for the ride. Like, it's like riding shotgun. It's way better than driving. It's like, I don't have to worry about this stuff. Let me just ride here. I'll DJ. I'll get snacks out for us. Like, be along for the ride. Because to me, that's where I get to learn the most. You see the most in the landscape. You notice the most about other people. You know, it frees up a different part of your heart. It's I'm so struggling. Refreshing. Oh. Sorry, oh. go ahead, Laura. I was just going to say, I'm struggling so much because you're saying so many things and I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask that. And then I'm going to say this and I'm like, just so, so blown away. Um, but it's kind of like sounding what you're saying is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, um, is like, once you realize that the universe is actually with you and on your side, rather than you're clawing tooth and nail to fight this world that's against you, it's like, doors open and there's confidence and your mindset totally changes. And it's totally about how you deal with adversity and how you deal with whatever falls in your lap. And I'm curious, you know, with your athletes, if you work on any mindset practices for them at all, or, or any like, you know, shutting down those shoulds and, you know, mm -hmm. this should feel this way. Um, so just super curious about that. Um, well, first of all, just one addition. I don't think, I, I feel like you are the universe. Okay, Aldi, like you are, you are your own. And that's the cool thing. It's not separate. It's not working to or with or against. It's just you are like, I feel like, I mean, I hug trees these days. I'm like, I feel like we're friends, you know, we're like, stardust, baby. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so Bowie was right. Um, so I'll tell you sometimes uh, what, what's been really important as a coach and this is something that Chris Powell, he's a dear friend of mine, helped me understand. Um, he, he said, only tell them what you know. And it was really powerful to me because I, I'm someone that I am truly a nurturer, a fixer. I want to have the right answer for every person. But if I don't know the answer, don't say it. And I have found in this particular space, I have found some great um, meditations and, and leaders in that space that have been able to articulate some of that. Um, mental space so well in like a, in a 10 minute guided guided flow um, Sarah Blondin is one of my favorites S-A-R-A-H-B-L-O-D-I-N just wonderful um, and that's been really helpful and that's inspired me to kind of branch into that space sometimes what I've done with my my my, my group is I'll do um, you know you think of something that's on your horizon that's kind of a challenge that's really tough for you like for me I'm trying to write my next book and it's just a bit trickling out and you write a letter um, to yourself from someone that has doubt in you, right? Doesn't believe. <clears throat> and it's crazy what comes out of my brain when I write that letter, because I do it with them. And then you take a beat and then you write 
a letter to yourself of someone that really believes and cheers you on and is like, yeah, yeah, you're doing this. And what's remarkable is not just what is said, but the tone and the length. My positive letter, it's like two sentences long. It's like, put that pen to paper and let's fucking go, Jen. Like, that's the message. It's like, you're ready. And, and it's funny how the negative letter, it says, oh, I, I ran out of time to write. And it was such a great exercise of like, oh, that's what's, that's what's muddling up my ability to see a little clearly. And, and when you, and that exercise is a really good one. And it's, it's, it's crazy how easy it is to write when you're coming from that point of view and you kind of let yourself dump and say, okay, where are these coming from? And it, it's almost like this, uh, I, I like that when you can change the environment in your mind just a little bit, how much clearer you can think. I, the analogy I love is like, think about taking a really hot shower and when you come out, like the mirror is kind of foggy and you wipe it and it still kind of fogs up. But if you crack the door, even just a little, slowly that steam dissipates and you're able to kind of have better vision. And I, that's the way I see those small mindset changes, these little degrees. It, you know, some people have these life and death moments and really wake them up and that, those are real. But for the rest of us, it's just a degree by a degree by a degree. And it's, it's like that idea, like if you, if you lost, you know, a pound a month for 12 months, you're down 12 pounds. Like that's a lot of weight, you know, it's gradual and it's real and that's the real work. But I think those exercises like the letters have really helped me start to shift those degrees in about myself or about what's in front of me or, you know, even like, oh my God, would, would I ever, will I ever be a good girlfriend? I, that's a great letter to write a positive and negative, you know, the things that you are wearing on your insecurity or, um, or your path or like is what I'm doing what I should be doing these are questions that you all have the answers to you just have to give yourself a chance to talk them through someone explained um, mindset shifts to me like skiing or snowboarding because have oh. you ever been on a chairlift and you see like fresh tracks and powder and they're like so they're like not super deep but you know someone is having the time of their life just like setting these new tracks and then you look at like the groom trails or where people have been going over and over and over and it doesn't look as fun but it's really deep and it's really pronounced and you know that you can make it down that hill mm -hmm. it's like those are our repeat thoughts and you know you can go down that a thousand times and when you start making these fresh tracks, it can be exhilarating and fun and scary and all of these new things. But until you start constantly going down that, that new, less groomed, powdery slope, right, that track is only going to stay as deep as the first time you went through it. Mm -hmm. And so changing our thoughts, and you, that was probably one of the most powerful visuals for me. Because like, visual. oh, yeah. Like my repeat thoughts and my negative repeat thoughts, if I could take them out of me and form them into a person, I wouldn't want to hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> but like that one new thought, like I'd hang out with her all day. She's a rat, you know? Yeah. You know, it's uh, interesting though, Lynn, though, and I want your opinion on this. I used to be very angry at that person that take those thoughts, form that person. I don't want to see that person. I want to hang, but that is me. That's part of me. I cannot run that. I can't, oh, I could cry. You know, I cannot run those pieces of myself. 
And for the longest time I did, and I spent so much time out working, out running to find that like, it's like the Zelda game when the person's like stuck behind you, no matter where you go, it's there. And that's when I realized if I can embrace this and know this about myself, not, not try to change, but to, to, to accept and then navigate forward with that perspective or, or, or understanding of myself, I was able to take care of myself so much better. And so instead of worrying when this, when this worrying person wouldn't come out, it's like, oh, I got it. I feel you. I understand. Okay. I'm not, I have to be more gentle here or take more time for me here because when I realized I can't eliminate her, it was another big, big stride in my, in my, I think, evolution as a woman. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, the integrate, it's like shadow work, right? Yeah. It's, it's uh -huh. all knowing that like you can't, it's a huge part of you. So when I work with clients that that is probably the biggest thing that comes up in, in my sessions is like, how do I change this part of myself or how do I not hear it or what can I do? And, and for me, I'm really somatic in, in my healing. When I get those uncomfortable parts, I want to go work out. I want to physically move my body because it'll change the internal landscape of whatever is going on. And just like you were saying, I can never outrun her. And it wasn't until I leaned into her and I was like, got curious about her, right? To go back to your curiosity bit, like, what is it that you need? How am I not supporting you? How am I not showing up for you? And I'm so sorry I ran for so long. Mm. And it's that integration of knowing that, you know, whether you want to call it parts work or inner child work or all these things, like being able to integrate it back into the whole and hold her or him or them and love them. I think of it as like inviting all of our parts to the dinner table and like everyone yeah. gets to talk, everyone gets to hang out, everyone gets the talking stick and we can hear it. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, with everything you've said, this entire conversation are all practices and ways that you can get really curious about all of those different parts that come up. So mm. thank you so much for being yeah. willing to share as openly and vulnerably as you have this episode. We really, really appreciate it. You girls make it easy. Thank you. <laughs> if people wanted to get their hands on your new program, they want to follow what you're doing, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, I guess the two easiest ways, uh, just my full name on all social media, Jen Wiederstrom. It's weird to spell, but easy to find. Trust me, just put a W-I and you'll find my name. And then my website is wiederstrong.com. And so I just sign up for a newsletter. I'm always in touch. I've got lots of things going on from programs to supplements and CBD. And, and uh, you know, I have my own little private online fitness studio where we do a lot of stuff, weekly lectures, it's a great little team and all the chaos. So all that stuff. And Jen, we want to talk to you so much more about your supplements and CBD. So we'll have to have you back on the show. Would love we it. will Thanks. also link all the ways that you just mentioned how to get a hold of you. And again, thank you so, so much. Of course, girls. Thank you.